And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Benched with Bubba, episode 653, the final team on your team-by-team 2024 previews for the fantasy baseball season. We wrap up the NL West. We wrap up baseball with the Colorado Rockies, a team that um, on paper for real baseball, not great. But when you look at fantasy, there will be fantasy value scattered around there one way or another. It happens every single season. So help me preview this just like this this gentleman did last year. You can find his work over on Fantrax at PitcherList, the lead dynasty guy at PitcherList, and on Twitter at Heckman underscore Matt 115. Matt Heckman, how are we doing, my friend? I'm good. I'm good. You said we might be able to find some fantasy relevance on the Rockies. I think most of it might come against the Rockies, but uh <laughs> that's true. And that, that pitching staff, brutal. But um before we get into that, I mentioned fan tracks, I mentioned pitcher list. Like what do you got going on these days? Plug away. Yeah. Um fan tracks, uh just do regular fantasy baseball analysis. A lot of redraft content goes out on there this month. Um starting in two days, I think the 10th. And then every other day I'll be doing divisional spring training battle previews for fantasy baseball. So some things fantasy managers should be keeping their eye on. I have one battle for each team that holds some fantasy relevance. Uh, The Rockies were a little bit hard to pick a battle for because I wasn't entirely sure who was going to be battling in spring training, but that's going on on fan tracks. Um, Pitcher lists, the dynasty team is putting out content almost daily. Obviously the PLX drop has kind of pushed some things around. I mean, I don't know if you've had a chance to read Nick's top 400 starting pitchers, but I made it through about a quarter of them yesterday. And I don't know. I just need to sit down and grind out the other 300 because it's incredible. <laughs> it's a lot. I think he, uh, I might be misquoting his tweet. It's, I know it's north of 70,000 words. I think you said like 77,000 yeah, words. Yeah, I think that's what it is. <laughs> like, my goodness. Like, I'm not a big reader to begin with. Um, when you got stuff, like you said, you got through a, a hundred of them. It, that's one of those I have to like set aside a day, it seems like, to, to go through <laughs> it. It's, uh, but Nick knows what he's doing. Obviously, that's why the site is Pitcher List. He created this thing. It's his baby. It all started yeah. with the list. And, uh, it's fun to see, but where it's grown to now, like you're doing the dynasty stuff. You have Q doing the hitters. We obviously have PLV with bland but everybody else that's helping with all the other stuff it's like a conglomerate of really cool things between the writing the podcast network and more it's uh pitcherless has grown into quite the beast in the fantasy yeah. world i am pumped to be a part of it yeah the dynasty team's going to keep putting out content daily um we have some different prospect write-ups looking at prospects who were traded recently um ivan or elvis martinez blue jays prospect right up coming out a little later in the month i have a high prospect high risk article so which prospects you want to target if you're shooting for the stars following that i have a low risk kind of low ceiling guys that are probably going to make to the major leagues um might not have a ton of fantasy relevance we'll actually get one into one of them a little bit in this article so that's what you can look forward to in march or in february who skipping ahead to march yeah well hey we'll be in march before you know it that's the beauty of the short month that is february and pitchers and catchers are reporting any day now so this will be it'll be pretty fun they're, they're all kind of making their ways we're starting to see videos circulating so that'll be fun as well but we are here to the chagrin of some to talk about the Colorado Rockies and uh, we're going to have some fun with this. And so let's just kick things off with the, the main fantasy asset last year. There's a few other like kind of relevant guys, like we mentioned, 
But Nolan Jones uh, gets traded over from the Guardians, and people were kind of wondering because he kind of had that you know prospect buzz at one time in Cleveland, kind of fell off, gets traded to, to Colorado, finally gets called up. The first time, didn't even get to play, goes sent back down. Then gets up, plays regularly, and it turned into a pretty darn good season. Played 106 games, goes 20-20, all hitting 297. Um, there are it seems like this draft season, Matt, that you either love Nolan Jones or you're like, nope, nope, not paying ADP 56 for Nolan Jones, not gonna happen. What do you see potentially happening with Nolan Jones in 2024? I want I, I don't want to dislike any player or prospect, but I feel like in my heart, I'm like 56. I see his name pop up on draft boards. I'm like, that is too high. Like I can't take Nolan Jones here. When, but then you look at his stat lines and yep. 20 homers, 20 stolen bases, and 424 plate appearances. I mean, he was on pace for 28 homers and 28 steals and 600 plate appearances. Like that kind of production is hard to beat. I regression's coming. And so it's how much do you bake that in? He had a 401 Babbitt last year, even in Coors Field. A 401 Babbitt isn't going to happen. He, Traditionally had a pretty large platoon split and he played well against lefties last year. And he also had a 390 BABIP against lefties, which is somehow lower than his BABIP against righties. But it feels like regression's coming. And I don't know. I feel like I tend to steer away from guys that don't make a lot of contact. And Nolan Jones does not make a lot of contact. So it it just feels like he's kind of risky for that price. I don't know how you feel, but that's how I feel. I don't see myself drafting him very much. Yeah, it's tough. I've done way too many drafts by this time this year, and uh, I don't have very many Nolan Jones shares. And I was full on Team Nolan Jones last year. I was taking him late in DC drafts because he's basically free, looking like, you know, speculating on what could be. Did I think 2020? No, did not expect 2020, be fully honest there. <laughs> but it was great. I appreciated it. Um, but yeah, now, now you got to pay the price. I hate paying for career years and obviously this might not even be a career year. It's his first year. So who knows, but for now it is. And it's just tough. It's like, if you believe that, you know, this guy is a 2020 guy that's got 30, 30 potential. Yeah. You definitely take him at 56. Like I, I won't uh, tell people you're, you're that crazy for that, but I'm kind of in your camp where I expect to step back. Do I still think like the dude could, could hit 20 to two home runs and steal 15 bags? Sure. Hit 280 because that ballpark will help him. Sure, those are good numbers, but is that good enough for pick 56? That's the big question. So I've kind of been out on Nolan Jones. Um, we'll see if that changes as draft season goes further. Maybe he starts dropping an ADP because maybe that's a, a more of a universal feeling. We'll see. But yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of out as well. Yeah, it it feels like just too much risk is there. That's kind of how I feel obp leagues i feel like i'd be more apt to take him he does work a lot of walks he doesn't chase a lot so i mean if you're in a specific league like that where it doesn't penalize the strikeouts too much and you get the benefit of the walks i could see myself being more interested in a league like that yeah i can definitely i can see that as a, a big upside as well ezekiel tovar this is one of the names this draft season that's starting to kind of grow on me if you I wouldn't say if you waited for shortstop, you probably shouldn't wait this long. But for like a middle infielder, I think there's something to Tovar. Uh, ADP is 195. Last year, we saw 15 homers, 11 steals, 253. Um, you know, at one point, people thought maybe a little more pop. We'll see. I think there's more speed potentially. But again, I don't know. He's only going to be 22. You Much more in your world than my world when it comes to Tovar. But in, like nearly a 280 P, there seems to be something maybe worth looking into there 
What are your thoughts on Ezekiel? So I'm really in on Ezekiel Tovar this year. I mean, he was a former top prospect going into the year. And then whenever a prospect doesn't come up and act like Ronald Acuna Jr., Juan Soto, Fernando Tatis, I mean, the list goes on. But if they don't have instant success, it feels like the fantasy community kind of fades them the following year, which is often when you can find the best values. These are hitters that came up with a lot of pedigree. Obviously, scouts liked a lot about them. And success isn't instant. Development's not instant. And Tovar is still growing in that. I wrote a piece on Fantrax. I think it came out in December. Um, actually, looking at that power, I'm glad you brought that up, where it thought people thought there'd be some more power. He hit, I think it was, you said, I think it was 15 home runs. Yeah, 15 last year. Yeah, he hit 15 home runs last year, but he was one of the most unlucky hitters in baseball when it came to his power. Um, but I wrote a whole series on fan tracks about barrel rate, how that kind of translates to power, what the averages are. And Tovar pulled 15 barrels, which is a pretty good rate, considering that his pull rate's only around 34%. So, I mean, that has plenty of room to increase. And he only hit one home run on those 15 balls. Oh, wow. So one home run on 15 barrel, 15 pulled barrels, one home run. That's incredibly unlucky. Um, I'm trying to read through the article here. He barreled up 34 balls, lowered his ground ball rate, and only 14 of his 34 barrels went for home runs. So for reference, the same number of barrels as Nolan Arenado, who finished with 26 home runs. So I'm not saying we should exp- – Nolan Arenado is probably going to regress a little bit in that category based on what I looked at. Ezekiel Tovar should progress in that area. So I think assuming 20 home runs is something that's safe for fantasy managers to do. And like you said, he has a lot of speed upside, and that hit tool is still developing. He had a pretty good hit tool, and scouts gave him a 60 grade on the hit tool as he came up. And so the strikeout rate was high last year. That was a little discouraging. The whiff rate was high. I mean, swinging strike rate is 17.1%. There's going to be risk there. But there's also 20 home run upside, 15 steal upside. I think there's some development in the average upside at 260, 270 guy. And like you said, his draft price isn't that high. feels discounted based on last year. Yeah, I I agree with you completely. I think it's one of those that, um, again, there's a lot of these young players that – I'm not. A, I'm a very safe drafter, but obviously, when you get close to pick 200, you can kind of throw safety out the window for one. And B, I love looking at these younger players and seeing, like, knowing there's room for growth. Like, you know, the skills didn't just disappear like that we saw. Yeah. So it's kind of you know getting used to the big leagues and all these little things. So 22 years old, like we still might see development in each of the next few years from Tovar, which is pretty wild. So. This ADP close to 200, we might not see in the upcoming future if things kind of progress like we think it will for Tovar. So, yeah, I'm with you. I think it's a a good uh, middle infield value. If you want him at shortstop, you might want to draft him a little earlier to make sure you get him because then you're kind of out holding the bag if you don't get him. I'd prefer him as middle infield if we can make that work. Yeah, if you're you're waiting at shortstop, I feel like he's a great value, especially because some of the guys that are going ahead of him, Adamas, Story, Edmund, all those guys are going ahead of him at shortstop where you can take Tovar. He's going to do He's going to play because his glove is that good. The glove's going to keep him in the lineup, even if he struggles a little bit, you don't have to risk him getting sent down. Now that the Rockies have another shortstop that's banging on the door, 
but you always worry about that with prospects. His glove is good enough to keep him in the majors. Sebastian continued developing. And one point with Nolan Jones, it felt like we're drafting him at close to his ceiling. That ADP, it's hard to beat. Tovar, it feels like you're drafting him at his floor. I'd much rather draft a young player closer to his floor than his ceiling. Yep, completely agree on that one. Ryan McMahon, this is one of those that I just say, it seems like I'm just repetitive every week. I'll just plug in what we're going to talk about because it's 20 to 23 home runs. It's like five steals. It's 87, like 140, 150 combined runs and RBIs. And he hits about 245. Like you can almost just plug and play that every single year. The beautiful thing, I think, is second base, third base eligible, and his ADP keeps dropping each year, even though he does the same thing each year. So now you're getting him around 235 as a middle infield, corner infield type option, maybe even a bench bat, depending on your league. Um, what are your thoughts on Ryan McMahon? Super boring, might not have a ceiling, but we know what we're getting, it feels like. Yeah, I think he's underrated, especially in certain league types. I mean, another OBP kind of guy, a different points league kind of guy it just feels like he's not exciting like you said he's boring and so when you're on the clock and you're picking between different players you want to take the exciting pick i i you sent me the notes for uh, this podcast and i wrote he is what he is his ceiling is 260 with 25 his floor is 240 with 20. so it's kind of like you know what you're getting he's not gonna necessarily kill your team in any one category he's not going to set you apart which makes him a valuable fantasy asset i think depending on your team build i like mcmahon at his price just because it's so cheap because nobody else is taking him and when he's on the clock at his adp i found in drafts i get him below his adp most times when i'm taking him because he sits there and he sits there and he sits there and then somebody's like i guess i have to take ryan mcmahon and nobody actually feels great about taking him but he's valuable in that sense yeah i'm 100 with you I, I seem to have shares of ryan mcmahon every single year one way or another it's because and it, what he also allows you just because the whole you know quote-unquote boring safe floor whatever narrative you want to give if you do take a chance early in your draft, this is a perfect guy to go back and get later because it kind of just gives you more of that stability again as your draft goes on. So, yeah, I'm with you on McMahon. Now, this is more of like a swan song player. Not sure there's a whole lot fantasy-wise, but we'll, we'll, we'll talk about him. Charlie Blackman, going to be 38 this year. He's almost as old as I am, which is scary to think about playing baseball right now because I sure as heck couldn't. Um, eight homers, four steals last year in 96 games. Still hit for a good average, good OVP as well. Um, the, the plate, like the discipline is there. The overall skills have obviously diminished. ADP of 434. Anything on Mr. Charlie Blackman, who projected the leadoff potentially. I don't buy that, but projected the leadoff. Yeah, I I feel like the Rockies are giving him kind of a farewell tour, if you would. I, I don't think, I mean, he played 96 games last year, down from 135 the year before, down from 150 the year before that. It just kind of feels like, they're phasing him out. We're going to get to some prospects in a little bit that I think are going to be pretty relevant this year in terms of the Rockies' future. And so Blackman's going to play some. He's going to, he doesn't have a platoon split. He's going to be out there, but he's going to DH. Do they want Hunter Goodman, who we'll get to in a little bit, to DH because he doesn't have any real, real fielding value, if you will? Blackman's fine. He's a good story. It's fun to watch him play. He's got the beard and the hair, and 
just kind of runs around out there. But I don't think he's anything that you need to worry about for fantasy at this yep. point. He's the Rockies version of Andrew McCutcheon. He's like these, you know, these uh, kind of not great teams. They can have their lifelong veteran just kind of do their thing to put some butts in seats kind of thing yeah. is what it feels like. Yep. Chris Bryant, I've always been uh, a, not a fan of Chris Bryant in terms of fantasy, but what I will say this year, the ADP is 291. In my lifetime of watching Chris Bryant, I don't think we've ever seen an ADP close to this for Chris Bryant. You usually got to pay at least a pretty good price tag for him. It's fair, though, 80 games this past year, 10 homers, no steals, 233 average. The production just dropped tremendously. Injuries have been surrounding him for a few years. What's your thoughts on Bryant this year? Because they paid him, so he's still going to play, going to hit in the middle of the order. But, man, I, I just can't trust it. I'm kind of with you. I don't I don't see myself having very many Chris Bryant shares. Um, first base should keep him healthy. So playing first base, that should be a little bit better than playing in the outfield. From a games played standpoint, the BABIP should come back up in cores. I mean, 270 BABIP last year, he's a career. 329 BABIP. So that should come back up. I'm not as much worried about the average. He doesn't steal very much. I, You can't count on him. And where he's going, ADP at that point where he's going is all relative. I mean, you take who you like. You can take two guys that are going back to back in ADP because you just reach a little bit. But Kep, Max Kepler, Nelson Velasquez, two guys going right behind him. If I'm just picking between the three of those, I'd much rather take a chance on Max Kepler, who's the boring veteran like Chris Bryant, or Nelson Velasquez, who feels like he has more potential. I just don't see a path. Chris Bryant's 32 now. I don't really see a path to him having very much fantasy relevance. Yep, I'm with you. I take both those guys over him, as you mentioned. So 100% on board there. Brendan Rodgers, a player that we had high hopes for at one point, and then injuries kind of derailed him and really hasn't found it. Only played 46 games last year, four homers, hit 258, uh, zero career stolen bases, which is always an impressive one when I look at these. Um, ADP's 354, though. Is there any interest in a full season, potentially potentially full season, of Brendan Rodgers? I think last year we talked about Brendan Rodgers toward the end, and I think both of us were a little bit excited. Mm -hmm. about what he showed at the end of 2022 and then he had that injury to start the year and at this point i'm out <laughs> i am just i'm out on him he's never played more than 137 games like you said he has no stolen bases which is a real killer for fantasy he doesn't do anything particularly well he has a career wrc plus of 85 he's a 1.5 war player across five different seasons with more and more young players getting ready to come up from the Rockies. It almost feels like how long are they going to stick with Rogers? He's 27 now. I don't even know if he's going to have a full-time role. The spring training battle that I picked was Brendan Rogers versus Elias Montero. I mean, that's where I think we're at where McMahon could shift the second if they really wanted to get Montero's in the bat in the lineup at third. I, I'm not sure that happens. I think they give Rodgers a little bit of a leash. I think their fielding de defense is a little bit better with McMahon at third and Rodgers at second instead of plugging Montero in at third. But I just – what's the upside with Rodgers in fantasy now, especially with no stolen bases? It feels like you don't really have any. 
Yep, I'm with you. Like I was, I remember being optimistic last year, thinking, okay, he's finally showing the hit tool we all wanted. There's like 20 home run pop, blah 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 blah. Just it never panned out. It's one of those guys I'm okay being wrong on if he somehow figures it out this year, but I just don't foresee. Yeah, he's gonna now. He's going to now that everybody's yeah. given up on him. He's gonna. Hit there's the always a, there's always a few of them, and he would yeah. make sense. It wouldn't surprise. Like, it'd, it'd just be so fitting if it was a Rocky named Brendan Rodgers could do it for us. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about somebody's kind of. We'll, we'll talk about Diaz in a minute, but Hunter Hunter Goodman, you, you've mentioned them before. There's some like I guess expectations from him. We saw some pop in the minors last year in 23 games. He got a cup of coffee, had a homer, a steal, hit 200. But again, cup of coffee was playing pretty well between Double A AA and Triple A leading up to that to kind of get his promotion. He's got an ADP of 420 right now. Um, what are your thoughts on Hunter Goodman? Because I've heard some some buzz about him. I am not on the. Hunter Goodman hype train. I he plays in favorable hitting environments in the minor leagues, which helps especially once he gets to AAA. Um, so that helped him a little bit. I mean, he only played 15 games at AAA, but you look at his 200 WRC plus while he was there, and you're like, wow, this guy's gonna be great. Um, that's the Pacific Coast League for you, but he doesn't make a lot of contact and. Not only does he not make a lot of contact, but he doesn't understand the strikes in very well. He'll swing at just about anything, which major league pitchers will expose, expose, expose. He has power, sure. He doesn't have a great swing path. He kind of tries to launch a ball too much, pull off the ball a little bit, leads to ground balls, leads to fly balls, doesn't lead to a lot of line drives. The power's there. If he can get to it, that's what's fun to dream about in cores. I mean, a consistent lineup spot. but. I was listening to Rates and Barrels the other day, and they were like, they were talking about, I think they were actually talking about Hunter Goodman. And it was like, how many guys with a 30% strikeout rate can the Rockies realistically have in their lineup? <laughs> so true. <laughs> <laughs> and Hunter Goodman doesn't play any defense to go along with that point. So if they're picking guys with a 30% strikeout rate, there's another one we'll get to in a little bit. You'd figure you have to prioritize the guy who can play defense over the guy that's a first base in DH. So I just, I think Goodman's going to play some. He's going to hit some big home runs that are going to get him picked up off of Fab and free agency. But I don't see any, he's going to hurt your batting average. He's going to strike out a lot and he's going to be really inconsistent. You're not going to really know when to play him. Fair enough. Now let's talk about the All-Star Game MVP. Elias Diaz. Yes, that did happen in our lifetime, folks. <laughs> it did happen. Uh, Elias Diaz played in 141 games last year, most of his career, which probably says more about the Rockies than Diaz when that took place. Uh, 14 homers, 267 average. He's, when given playing time, has been at least like a formidable catcher, too. Not going to light the world on fire. Right now, has an ADP of 251. Um, going to be 33, so he's getting a little older in catching years. Uh, what are our thoughts on Diaz this year? I mean, you mentioned the games played. That kind of feels like where he's generated most of his value is the Rockies haven't had anybody better. And so Diaz played. That's why he played last year. Wasn't good during the second half. I mean, he posted a 68 WRC plus during the second half. That is atrocious. That's getting pretty close, like Austin Hedges level. Kind of kind of bad. Not um, good, folks. <laughs> no. Um I'm curious what Austin Hedges WRC plus was. Anyway, um, he, he's fine, but that playing time is going to diminish this year. They have Drew Romo, who 
we'll hit on more when we get to the prospects that are going to come up. But he figures to play a role in Colorado this year. His glove is really good um, behind the plate. And so you're going to lose probably 30 at least of those games from Diaz. And you're getting no stolen bases, questionable average, the pop. 10 home runs 12 home runs like he's fine if you really decided to wait 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 on catcher and you're pairing him with some prospects maybe that might be up might not be up to start the season and you're like i need a guy that's going to start on opening day but he's not anybody catcher 19 still seems a little bit rich for my blood i'd rather have danny jansen austin wells uh, ryan jeffers just go down the list. I, there are other catchers there that I would like at his draft price. Yeah, I definitely take uh, Jansen and Jeffers for sure, and I would not be opposed to Wells. So, yes, I'm with you there. What did you say his second half WRC Plus was, just for fun? His second half WRC Plus was a 68. Okay, well, he beat Austin Hedges, um, not by much, but uh, last year Hedge had a 24 WRC Plus. Austin Hedges' career WRC Plus is 52. 52. Oh, my. That is unbelievable. For like, you know, honestly, for a guy that's not going to be thirty-one, he's played since he was twenty-two in the bigs. That's pretty impressive. That shows how good his defense is, I guess. Well, yeah, that at least makes sense. I'm trying to pull up Diaz's. Diaz is a fine catcher. I mean, sixty-first percentile blocks above average, eighty-nine percentile caught stealing, seventh percentile framing though, like. He's not the same catcher that Hedges is. Hedges can keep getting plate appearances because he's so good. Diaz are going to move on from him pretty soon. I'm with you. All right, you mentioned another young player that had a 30-plus percent strikeout rate, and here we are, Brenton Doyle. Last year played 126 games with the Rockies. Again, this shows more about the Rockies than probably Doyle. 10 homers, 22 stolen bases, struck out 35% of the time, and hit 203. Doyle's ADP is 411. Um, I've just passed him in every draft room I can see, but maybe I'm wrong. So what's your thoughts on Doyle? My thoughts on Doyle are that he had a 99th percentile outs above average and 99th percentile arm value and 99th percentile arm strength. He is a great defender, and the Rockies don't exactly have a true center fielder pounding on the door. So who else is going to play center field? At his draft price, yeah, there's plenty of risk, but anybody you're drafting at pick 543 is his average draft price is going to have a lot of risk. Doyle at least has speed, he has power, and he feels like he's going to play. So, I mean, that's, yes, you said that's who I was mentioning when we were talking about Hunter Goodman. Goodman is a similar skill set, maybe a little bit safer, but he doesn't have that defense that's going to keep him in the lineup Doyle feels like he's gonna play because the team wants him to field out there in a big center field so if you're looking for speed late in drafts I don't have a problem taking Doyle he has 30 stolen base upside just don't expect much much in the um average department yeah for sure I, I, I could see the steel appeal if you need to I can't argue that one but yeah Ooh, Rockies baby all right. Uh, any other bats, non-prospect related? You mentioned Eliezer Montero earlier. Is that a guy that might interest you in drafts? Uh, currently, his ADP over the last you know fifteen drafts or so is uh, I went past it. It's at four ten. So, any interest there? No. <laughs> I mean, I don't have any interest. I mentioned him 
because he's there. He's got power potential, I guess. If you're in a super deep league and you're looking for a guy who might be able to hit some home runs, I don't hate him as like a last round pick, but no, I don't. There's nobody there until we get to the prospects, which we'll talk about later, which intrigued me a little bit. All right, we'll head to the mounds. And what I'm going to do here, because I love your notes, by the way, gross, Toby, even more gross. And I only wrote down three of the five. I usually write down all five, and I just stopped <laughs> at three because I didn't want to write any of them down, but I tried to at least, you know, kind of do it. I think we've seen it posted enough all over Twitter. Like right now, they're projected at Freeland, Quantrill, Gomber, Ryan Feltner, Dakota Hudson. Uh, you kind of, you know, tongue in cheek, but kind of honestly said at the beginning of the show, there might be more fantasy value facing the Rockies. This is why. Is there anybody in this rotation, if anybody not even mentioned potentially, that interests you kind of fantasy-wise? The simple answer for anybody listening to this is no. Yeah. <laughs> and like Kyle Freeland has no value, and he's going to start on opening day. His strikeout rate was atrocious. Cal Quantrill, um, he's eaten innings before. I guess that is the most intriguing aspect to his game. He doesn't give up a lot of home runs, which I guess is like if we're picking one guy that I have to be like, you have to draft the Colorado Rockies pitcher. I guess it'd be Cal Quantrill. Like he's not terrible. <laughs> he can eat innings. He kind of keeps a ball in the yard. At least he did in Cleveland. So, but he's more of like a, the Rockies are playing. I, I don't even know the, the, the pirates, like yeah. who's a bad line of the nationals. There's very few and far between. Yeah, right. So he's a streamer. One, their rule five pick, Anthony Molina, is kind of intriguing. They took him from the Rays. I don't hate Molina. He's got a pretty good fastball. He's never posted really good strikeout rates. Um, I don't really love the profile in Coors Field either. Anytime a pitcher gets taken there, I mean, Chase Dollander, their first-round pick from last year, I feel like I would have been pretty in on had he landed anywhere except for the Rockies organization in the future in Coors Field. But I think Molina has as much fantasy value as Kyle Freeland or Gomber or any of them. If you're trying to take a speculative ad in an NL only and you're stuck with picking between a Rockies pitcher, <laughs> I guess Molina is kind of intriguing. I love it. I love it. Uh, we'll head to the bullpen where – if you ever roster a Rockies pitcher, this might be the one place to do it. I say might in uh, all caps if you're into that kind of thing. And right now it's predicted to be Justin Lawrence. He had 11 saves last year in 75 innings. Okay, strikeouts. Ratios considering his coolers, actually not bad. Um, and his ADP is 393. So he's like going where speculative closers go in drafts. Does Lawrence interest you at all? I'm not opposed. I mean, like you said, his ADP is so low. I looked up his ADP really quick, and he's going after Trevor Bauer. So for that's reference, yeah, that's where he's going. So that price, maybe, when I was writing the notes, I was like, are we sure he's actually good? But at that price, you could maybe get some steals out of him. Um, he's fine. He's got a really good slider. I don't know if I love him in a closer role. He blew seven saves last year, so he converted 11. He blew seven. Not a great Team. ratio. No, teams don't usually stick with that. He walks quite a few people. Um, Slider got 120 WR or 120 stuff plus, so so that's not terrible. I just, I don't know. 
I, I'm indifferent. If you need saves late in your draft, if you punted that category, I think Justin Lawrence could be a good pick. If you took saves early and you're going to be fine, I don't really see any interest in taking Justin Lawrence. Yep, yep. I have zero Justin Lawrence shares. Uh, anybody else that you could see potentially getting a role throughout the season that, again, doesn't have to interest you because it is the Rockies, but anybody worth keeping an eye on potentially? Um, I mean, Daniel Bard is still there. He was their closer a couple of years ago. He dealt with the yips going into last year, and then when he came back, he walked just about every batter he faced, it seemed like. Um, so I don't think he necessarily wins that back. Jake Bird had a 108 stuff plus, but he's a sinker ball pitcher kind of too, and the sinker is pretty bad. So <laughs> that's not a great start PLV. I was looking, I was trying to find somebody that I could be like, yes, Ben. <laughs> I, I, I really appreciate the effort because it is not pretty with the Rockies. <laughs> no, I was like fantasy managers. I saw 108 stuff plus. I was like, okay, Jake Bird. And then I kind of looked at the PLV Arsenal chart and his sinker was pretty terrible and so i was like all right maybe not so not really <laughs> answer your question yeah that's fair that's fair um all right now to where it sounds like we might have at least something to look forward to when it comes to colorado we'll see again loose terms when we talk rockies baseball but prospects wise what do we have that maybe we'll get to see a taste of this year or very soon so i think drew romo i mentioned him once a little bit earlier in the show i think he's the most likely prospect to get a chance first he's a catching prospect he's got a really really good glove i mentioned the low ceiling high floor prospect article that i'm going to be putting out on pitcher list this month he's the catcher that i picked for that just because he's going to make the major leagues and he's probably going to play because the glove is really good back there and teams prioritize defense when it comes to catchers so that's why i'm down on diaz and it's because Romo is coming up. He's shown decent pop. I mean, his rookie, his professional debut, he played 79 games in low A, six home runs, stole 23 bases and hit 314. Got a lot of people pretty excited. That was back in 2021. He stole 18 bases in 2022, and he actually got caught stealing more last year than stolen bases. So that speed is not something that fantasy managers are going to be able to count on moving forward. But the power is there. He's a switch hitter. Um, he's got more pop from the left side. So you wonder if maybe that makes an adjustment as he continues to develop. But he has 15 to 20 home run potential. If you mentioned Diaz, he hit 14 home runs last year. You could get similar offensive production from Drew Romo. And Drew Romo, I don't even know what his ADP like is. Over, over like the last uh, like 15 drafts or so, it's 742. He's been, only been drafted in two of 15 leagues. Honestly, that's the kind of like in-game picks I kind of like, actually. That, that's interesting. Yeah, he's going – once he's up, he's going to play. because Because of the glove, it was the same thing with Tovar last year where they kept putting his bat in the lineup even if it wasn't producing consistently because he was so good defensively. That's why – I think Doyle is an okay deep flyer because he's got speed and he's going to play. Romo, once he's up, I don't think I don't think he cracks the opening day roster. I think they send him back to AAA. He didn't play that much. He only played four games at AAA last year. But I think once he's up, he'll have a role and he'll be in the lineup pretty consistently. Nice. I like that. Anybody else worth maybe keeping an eye on? 
besides Romo, the Rockies have like a whole conglomerate almost of prospects that all are in double A right now, all have pretty high offensive potential. Um, Jordan Beck, Sterling Thompson, Zach Veen, Yankale Fernandez, um, all kind of are big power hitting outfielders. Fernandez doesn't have very much defensive upside and he didn't receive an invite the spring training he wasn't a non-roster invite so i don't know how much he really contributes this year he's got a ton of power his nickname is baby Jordan. so i mean that'll generate some hype in the dynasty community but i don't his hit tool is suspect at best and he doesn't have a defensive home so that puts a little more risk my favorite to come up this year is sterling thompson a uh, 6'4 outfielder. He's played a lot of third base. He showed a really improved hit tool this past year, and he's got a ton of raw power. He was getting to that raw power more as the season went on and started turning it into game power, which is always important for a prospect. He had a really, really good AFL. I actually, I'm tinkering with my prospect rank still, which will probably come out in March for a pitcher list before the season, but He's a top 30 prospect for me overall. And I think the Rockies could bring him up. He's already 22 years old. He'll turn 23 in uh, June, I believe. So yeah, June 26th. So I think he's intriguing. Zach Veen has always had a level of prospect intrigue. He is super fast. He's got a ton of raw power. He's never posted great minor league numbers and he's dealt with injuries. So I wonder if the Rockies kind of let him sit. And Jordan Beck is kind of between the two. I don't think he has as much offensive potential as Thompson. He's probably a little bit of a better defender out there. And he does have a ceiling that's around Thompson, though, at the very least. So they have a lot of intriguing bats. None of them are none of those four players are going to start in the major leagues, but they all could offer value later in the season, I think. Good to know. So I'm going to keep an eye on when uh, fab time comes around, or if you want to take chances in your deep 50 round draft and hold formats, maybe something to have there. All right. I usually ask every guest their uh, kind of thoughts and predictions on the season. I know you're not a Rockies fan, so I'll keep this. I think we also know kind of our thoughts on the Rockies, but just for fun, you know, over under win totals have come out. They're projected to win 60 and a half games. Would you be willing to go over or under 16 and a half wins for the Colorado Rockies? <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, a, it's a heck of a I, number because, like, you could easily see like 50 wins out of this team and not be surprised. Yeah, I, I think <laughs> <laughs> I think I have to go under that. I mean, yep. that pitching staff is so bad. Mm-hmm. Even if their lineup, I don't think their lineup is terrible. And like I've mentioned, a few prospects that could come up fill some roles for them but that rotation is so bad i don't see any way i mean they won 59 games last year and i feel like i don't think they're better than they were last year they're worse yeah (laughs) (laughs) right so if they're worse i don't think that we can i think i have to take the under there i don't think they win 16 and a half I'm with you, and the under is favorited in the uh, in the odds board. So it just tells you everything you need to know about this team. Like, if you're a Rockies fan, I heard you have a great stadium. So you got that going for you. And hopefully someday these prospects come up and 
one day, sometime, somewhere, somehow you find pitching. I don't know how. We've been saying that for years now. It just <laughs> never, ever happened. Um, so it's an absolute shame. But uh, before we head on out of here, Matt, why don't you remind everybody where they can find you and what you got going on. Yeah, I do a lot of my work on Twitter. That's where I post everything, at Heckman underscore Matt 115. I usually have a couple of articles a week between fan tracks and pitcher lists. Um, if you're into dynasty baseball prospects, that kind of thing, definitely watch out for me on pitcher list. Watch out for the rest of the dynasty team over there. If you're looking for more of my redraft work in season, I do lineup analysis, usually flip between AL and NL every five days. Um, that'll be over on fan tracks. Awesome. Well, it's always good stuff. That's how I, I, I just found Matt was through all of his great work. We connected. He joined me last year. and was awesome enough to join me again this year to talk Colorado's Rockies baseball. So I appreciate you, man. Thanks for joining me. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me on. All right, everybody. This is Bench with Bubba, episode 653, your 2024 Colorado Rockies team preview. Catch you all next time. <laughs>